Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news on the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... The password works. You find yourself at a very tidy, organized kind of landing screen for a computer. Several folders that have some weird names to them. You finally learn what Pine's day job is throughout of all of this, though. Before Florence looks into any of that at all, she picks up the stone again and looks at it and says, thank you, and then puts it back in her pocket. Uh, So the first thing you learn upon landing on this kind of opening screen is that of all the jobs Miss Pine had, she worked for the FDA, apparently. (laughs) This is an FDA agency laptop. The desktop is just the FDA logo. No reason for it not to be kind of make the logical jump there. Pine worked for the FDA. You guys think that was what she did? What the fuck is that in your pocket? And what? Oh, um, you know how we all carry some baggage from previous ops? This is mine. And what is that? I'm not exactly sure. Pine was aware of it. And And Pine's dead now. So, again... What the fuck is it? I, I don't know. I got it after um, we worked with Bryce Cohen. Where did you find it? That's a little bit complicated. It better get real uncomplicated real quick. Are you sure you want to know? Yeah. No, not really. I And Firestarter just kind of slightly shuts down a little as he's trying to process this. I promise you won't like the answer. Go on. Um, I coughed it up. Coughed it up. You're saying it casually like it's a fucking hairball. Look, you remember Big Obelisk in Bryce's office? Yeah. While I was there, I pieced together that, you remember, I said it was talking, right? It would give them advice on what to do for their financial gain. And as far as I can tell, I just have the side effect of coughing one of these up. Maybe that's how they reproduce. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what that thing in that office was. So you've just been carrying your creepy kidney stone in your pocket this entire time. No, I only started carrying it after I was studying it for a while. I can't remember when I started carrying it. I think it was after my girlfriend gave it back to me after we died for the first time. All right. I mean, not the weirdest thing that we've come across. It's just very strange that you just personally have it. And it is a 90s hacker. You work with T-Cell. You know that sometimes to fight what we fight, we need to use it. Yeah. But not often. Ever been this up close to when someone was 
fucking around with something that they had. Oh, but all right. All things considered, think about it. Do you think that I'm insane? I think that I'm probably one of the most well-adjusted agents in this building, considering T-Cell. That's the most concerning part, is that you're the least fucked up out of all of us. Yeah, I can speak highly, but I don't know. We have a talking rock equivalent of Wall Street Bets hanging around with us. That is a hacker for this magic laptop now. Can I have a drink of your jet fuel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I pass off the handle to Foxtrot, but the seed that Florence planted in Firestarter's head about thinking about getting something like that or having something like that starts growing roots and manifesting a little bit more. Let's dive in, shall we? I say I take a big old swig of whatever is in the whatever I was handed, and I give it back to. Uh... Give me a contest. Contest. A con, a constitution check. Constitution? Nine out of 70 success. It burns, but you kind of managed to muscle through it. It really is drinkable jet fuel. Perfect. I had it back. Grow some chest hair on you. So, uh, FDA. We uh, got to grade some meat. What the fuck does the FDA do? Is that important, right? No, guess not. We'll put it on the list. Let's hop in. Yeah, so Florence's comp size is high enough. I'm not going to make you play through this too much. But yeah, so you kind of, you navigate through the computer and you actually find some hidden kind of subfolders that very rapidly you realize are the delta green parts of this laptop. There's a bunch of files there. appears a bunch of old case files. A bunch of them are marked as closed. Some written reports of them you could go through if you felt so kind of inclined to at other times. But the ones that stick out kind of from a broader sense are there's a list or there's a, there's a file of potential F-cell replacement members. There's a file of extensive notes and kind of press clippings and all that stuff that would go along with covering up kind of Agent Faustus's death and explaining that away. Uh, there's also a, there's a file dedicated to nothing but Francis's kind of ongoing medical conditions, including some notes about trying to track down a coma patient that matches his description enough they could do a body swap. But most importantly, there's an open case file that contains a few notes. Most of it revolves around that there were five somewhat mysterious deaths in Philadelphia over the last two years. Five victims, ages ranged from 14 to 25. All of them died in their homes and controlled environments with their organs turning into liquid. The first victim was a um, Jesse Key, female, 23 years old. The second was a Lacey Gerward, female, 15. The second one was a Harrison Wilton, male, 19. The fourth one was Jackson Goem, male, 25. And the final one was Denton Porter, male, 14. All victims were found wearing headphones, organs dissolved, no signs of tampering or injections on the body of any kind. No history of drugs. and three of the instances of the deaths, the Thousand Eyes decentralized rave flyer was found. The police reports surrounding these uh, reported there was no signs of forced entry. The two youngest victims died with their family on the floor below where they fell. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. I don't know how we're going to... We have to figure some way to protect ourselves against this. Well, here's the thing. It's already out there. It's already been used. Say that this Thousand Eyes raves goes on 
and it's recorded as usually it is social media, all this other stuff. You ever see the movie, the ring? Yeah. It's going to be like a million times worse than that. Yeah. This is a really big problem. Fuck. I guess we're going to just have to wear earplugs and earmuffs. I guess. How are we going to communicate with each other? Earpiece and then wear the noise canceling earmuffs. I don't know. Let's just dig into it more. Figure everything out once we have all the information we know. Okay, so was the internet log history recorded on any of these kids as a like browsers or whatever the hell have you? Can we get that information? Also, speaking of kids, what's the oldest one? Twenty five. Yeah, I had twenty five year old and a whole bunch of teenagers. Is this a clock? Maybe it's the age at which some people are into the kind of rave scene. Fourteen's a little young, but well, I mean, with like the new social media apps and everything else like that, a whole bunch of kids are just being exposed to whatever, you know. And like, I knew about raves when I was when I was younger. You only really heard about them, never really attended to them. Uh, this was in Philadelphia, right? Yep. I guess that's where we're gonna be headed soon. We know any contacts in Philadelphia? Can we get any kind of information on that area? Not sure. Let's see what else we can dig up from this laptop. Maybe she has more notes, a location, and then from there we can go into the planning phase. We're going to have to wait to speak to Tranche to see if we've got any contacts out there. I look at the flyer one more time. What type of information is on the flyer? So the one you have is pretty faded, but now that you're kind of going through this folder find a much better conditioned version of this flyer from a crime scene photo that was pulled into this folder and a little more information for you it credits this decentralized rave to someone called dj essence muncher subtle it also claims to be the only quiet locationless rave in all of illadelphia quiet locationless quiet raves they're the ones where everybody wears headphones right Silent Disco? Yeah, 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 those things, those things. Oh, fuck. It means that the rave is locationless, everybody live stream, maybe? Lawrence's comp size high enough to know that she'd recognize the phrase decentralized. It's crypto. It's that no one location for any of this. That kind of that was the hint for that. I see. It was a quiet rave? Is what yeah, quiet, it's silent rave, quiet rave, so the same thing. This is just the wording on this one. It's the same thing. We've all seen pictures of this once or twice where it's people wearing headphones or either wirelessly broadcast to them or Bluetooth or something else. But yeah, it's, it's raves that you're not wearing the headphones. They're totally silent and you could never know they're there hypothetically. If you have the headphones on, you can hear it and you're part of it. Right. Well, that's good. We're, that means we're not going to have to worry about blaring speakers. But that also means that they want the things that they do like this controlled. And that's confusing. Maybe it's like a target demographic. I mean, they are speaking specifically to kids and stuff, I guess. They're only reporting five deaths, so maybe it's a way to, like, weed out people who can survive whatever this is to join them. Or it was just a test to make sure that, like, the concept is it is even going to happen. Yeah. It, they call him DJ Essence Devourer. Essence Puncher. Subtle. Yeah. Let's... I want to see if, like, let's add that to the list. Let's see if anyone can kind of dig up anything from DJ Essence Muncher. That's a good idea. Social media posts, history. I mean, like, I've never heard of them. But then again, I'm also like 36, 35. So at this point in time, like, uh, not hip with it. 
I would say that I've also never heard of him, but that has never been my scene. I'm really kind of drawn a blank as to what to do. I feel just so disconnected from being able to like hit the pavement and stuff. You want to see what mine has to say about you? What your file says? Actually, yeah. What she got on me? Maybe some therapeutic. What does Delta Green have on me? And Florence will go look at Firestarter's file. Yeah. It's a pretty kind of extensive dossier. Lists and then redacts a bunch of your operations during your time in T-Cell. It mentions the fireman aspects of your kind of training. It does mention it's like useful applications of this agent probably do not exceed field work. Is not suited to more behind-the-scenes operations. Most likely fate KIA. I'm still here, and you ain't, fucker. Take a swig out of that and just walk away. <laughs> yeah. You want to see yours, Blockstrap? Don't care. I'm going to go wander over to the little Egyptian pile that uh, is on the first floor. I'm going to start, like, just stepping and crushing some stuff. Sure. Is there a file in there that has, like, an overview of just F-Cell and, like, notes that she has on the team as a whole? Yeah. What are you looking for? I'm I'm just curious as to, like, what her observations about our group were. I guess you kind of want the dossier she has on Agent Florence? It was less directed at just her. Just kind of the general notes. I got you what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. it remarks that kind of despite team diminishing, team remains well-functioning. She's about, there are a couple notes about how she's been surprised at how Florence, despite her background and adversities to certain topics, has risen to kind of maybe not group lead, but group kind of supervisor. It mentions that Foxtrot has adapted well to the work of sorts. He continues to have some of the traditional CIA hangups with it. And there's a kind of a little note that basically says, like, question mark, might be good for March Industries investigation. You do find a couple of that basically say kind of, in the near future, the plan was to break up F-Cell and kind of send you off to new operations of some kind, maybe send Firestarter back to T-Cell, maybe transition Florence into something else. Foxtrot, they're looking to move them into something more covert. Oh, well, it looks like this is going to be our last stop together. And I guess it still might be. So why don't we do it right and shove our boots down these fuckers' throats? I'm back from breaking some already broken shit. Dave, what's it say about the dude I replaced? Whose boots am I supposed to fill? I don't want to look at that. Fine. I mean, Here. I, I will if you really want to, but... You guys speak highly of him. I want to know. All right. Let's pull open his file. Agent Faustus may have a hard time adjusting to field operations and necessity of the job. Has a background to be a highly effective agent, but will probably have some recurring moral hang-ups. Damien Galt. Really interesting how you picked Faustus as his name. Horist? Oof. You guys got along with him? Yeah, he did good work. Fuck. Lordos, I ain't no goody two-shoes. I take another swig. Just kind of walk away from the computer again. Yeah. So is there any more useful information on here? Not that you can get to immediately. You'll have to spend some time kind of sifting through it. To... There's a lot of stuff there, but it's not as immediately obvious as what the application might be. So yeah, I guess like we're going to try to transition now into... Research happening over several days. Basically, tell me what you're thinking about researching, and we'll get into that. I do want to loop back to Agent Foxtrot for a second because there's a couple things based on your training that jump out to you as a little bit strange for all of this. First one being the Rave Flyer does not have an address, a way of finding this person, or anything like that. It's just kind of the DJ name, the name of the event, and 
the logo. There was nothing else on this that would help you kind of find whatever this is. And you would know that as a mild CIA recruiting tool. It's kind of the come and find us slash prove you're worthy of our attention type of thing. What else is on the flyer? You said it was just... It's just the logo, DJ Essence Muncher, the Thousand Eyes Rave, and that's it. It's just this weird kind of small flyer for this. There's nothing else useful. Even like even the good versions of it, there's nothing on it that identifies anything beyond that. Did it have any URLs or anything no. weird like that? No? Nope. So I'm looking at the flyer and I tell the gang. So uh, kind of has CIA vibes, by the way. Very vague and like, hey, come find us. So it's almost like a, hey, you got to prove yourself kind of thing here with us. This, um, I don't like it. Only because, like, we've done Yeah, it's good to know. Before we get more into it really fast, Florence is going to check the directory and see if that file she's found on a bunch of computers is. Nope, it is not there. Perfect. You do find several kind of telltale signs in the kind of structure of the computer, though, just looking at the files, that this computer gets wiped and restored with a fair amount of frequency. So if that flyer is a test to say, hey, come find us, that means that that's what a lot of our research needs to be dedicated to. We know Philadelphia is probably where they are. We just need to narrow it down. So let's look at the flyer and see if anything's hidden, any numbers in the photos, anything codes, maybe in the message, the words, anything. We got to break it down and see what we can find. See if there's like a watermark when we hold it up to the light or something, anything like that. Is there a lamp nearby that we can hold the, the flyer up to for a couple totally. of seconds? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to go grab the lamp and I signal them to bring the flyer over to the lamp. Lawrence will bring it over. And I'm going to go ahead and hold it over the lamp for, let's say, like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, there's no written watermark, but there is a QR code. I, uh, I show them, like, here you go. Here's our first lead. I knew they had to leave something. Not to go rogue or anything else like that, but, um, could we get our hands on some equipment that we could do stuff ourselves? Not yet. We should. Tranche is trustworthy as long as we're not an issue. And I don't think that jeopardizing this backsite is a good idea because then we'll be dealing with the cell and whatever this is. No, I mean, like, I'm not saying that we're going to do it here. But... Ugh, fuck. Either way, QR codes aren't really active until we can get either a photo of it or something else. We should probably let Tranche know the fact that there's something else here inside this uh, flyer. Yeah. I mean, we could actually kind of look it up ourselves, but that would require for us to open up that camera, and that's not exactly the most rule-abiding. Well, on top of that, the QR codes point you to resources. They don't actually unlock or do stuff specifically, so more than likely, this is going to point us to either a website or it's going to pull up a Google Maps link the location or something along those lines so it means we'd be online yeah. that's the problem if we're trying to stay offline this qr code is bait essentially this is exactly what that team off base is for we're gonna yeah. just have to funnel this information to them and have them track it down for us we'll say as someone who's used to kind of going out into the field of doing stuff being the uh, guy who just funnels information feels real outside my my, my wheelhouse so uh this kind of sucks I don't like it. Well, we're going to get to your expertise soon enough, I imagine. Because when we're done with these people, I don't want any of them left alive. 
sounds like a oh, okay. Well, I'm going to do a deep crawl into this computer and see if there's any other useful information we can glean from it. I imagine there's going to be information in here about the unnatural as well. If any of you want to learn some of it with me, if there is any, I'm going to try to avoid it. But diving into this stuff, I might not be able to. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Might as well know at least what the fuck's happening with that. Look, after the whole multiple near-death situations i kind of want to know how exactly i could use that little tattoo design myself i mean i can teach you that in fact is that something both of you want to know know what how to make the elder sign yeah that might actually come in handy because we could talk to trank and i know that we don't have a lot of resources right now to research but if i can teach you how to make those bullets we can get a small little arsenal going for us I'm sure they have bullet-making equipment here. Reasonable assumption. All right. Let's bust it out. It's been a while since I've taught a class. All right, Professor Florence. What's the first thing we need to know? This is going to fucking suck. Duly noted. Yeah, and I don't actually know how this works, so... (laughs) Nah, so we're now into kind of the hand-waving part of our time with the black site. So you're going to have someone run down this QR code for you? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... The QR code takes a couple of days for the person to kind of get it into the system. It does lead to a website. It specifically leads to an image on a website that shows DJ Essence Muncher, what you assume to be his logo, spray paint on a bunch of buildings. The slideshow that shows pictures, they send the pictures back to you, print it off. We'll deal with those in a little bit. The bullet stuff, yeah, the, the, this is Prancha's little hideout. It's got everything you needed to go through that whole process. It's a slow, tedious process, but yeah, you can totally do that in your downtime between doing the research on all of that. What else would you guys find to line up research while you're going through all this stuff? Our first round, if you will. Florence is looking more into the computer to see if Hine might have any useful information hidden away or difficult to find, maybe locked behind some more like something encrypted or something. I don't know. She has a couple kind of very high-end hacking tools on this thing that you could probably use if you would access the internet. She has essentially the origin of several malwares on her computer. Like, she has stuff that would be used for hacking or kind of covert access that an FDA person should not have on their kind of work laptop. And it's not malicious, it's this is the point of origin. Noted. But yeah, nothing else that's, like, unless we want to get into kind of, like, unnatural stuff might be on the laptop, which I will say is minimal because it is still an FDA laptop, and that would be a vector, hypothetically. Like, imagine the dangers if Pine's laptop fell into someone's hand and it was full of, hey, here's how you summon something type of stuff. Yeah. Any other fields of research for the first bout you guys can think of? I want to know if, like, what's the connection with those kids and that 25-year-old? If they're part of, like, the same gaming group or if they knew each other in real life? Like their social media outlets, do they go to the same school? That's a good point. Maybe these people here failed the test. All right, anything else? I guess you got kind of, what is Foxtrot looking into through all of this? I mean, considering Foxtrot's not much of the investigatory type, I'm just kind of sitting around waiting for when I'm valuable, so I'll just kind of follow and keep somebody company. Let's do this. What's your military science at? Military science is at 50 for land specifically. Yeah, so something's nagging you a little about this and you kind of 
what few books this place does have are kind of geared towards tactics and stuff. You're gonna spend some time going through that. And so the results you get are those pictures that the QR code leads to. The victims seem to almost be at random. The only thing that ties them together is they all at the time of death and kind of in the time spent around their time of death were all residents of Philadelphia at the time. Jackson Goman, who's the 25-year-old, he lived there by himself. He was found tragically kind of days after his death, assumably. Denton Porter lived with his family because he's only 14. Like, it's, there is nothing that ties those people together. At least that was obvious. Probably the weirdest one that you kind of dig out of all of this, though, it's been nagging Foxtrot the back of his brain through all of this, is the fact that this is all tactics. Like, this is some, someone's pulling some military strategy stuff. It's military strategy that he would actually be, again, surprisingly familiar with. It's not CIA, but it sure feels like someone is working their ass off to make it seem like whatever this is, is huge. But to kind of the point you've brought up a couple times, it doesn't attack or influence people in major ways. It's a couple victims here and there. It's five victims across two years. It's three Delta Green agents in a house. That there's some type of smoke screen or kind of guerrilla tactic of making itself seem larger and more imposing than it actually is supposed to be. And I will say that kind of paired that with digging through the laptop some, and I can imagine Foxtrot, like, would the laptop be interesting to Foxtrot? Like, would learning actually maybe some details about Delta Green be a thing Foxtrot would want to know, or would he kind of steer clear of that because it doesn't matter to him? Unless there's some sort of link that would be important for this current thing. I mean, considering they already know everything about us, me wanting to learn, well, it kind of does. I meant from like an organizational standpoint, because the one thing I've been vague about this entire campaign is Delta Green itself. Mm -hmm. Well, as far as our file stuff, not so much, but I think organizationally how Delta Green would work, or if there was anything in that laptop that kind of spoke to like, more of a hierarchy because we're just finding out now that we thought pine was on top but it turns out pine was not so well i guess kind of to that point does foxtrot think delta green is a big or small organization initially small but after finding out that pine uh was the not the the top person if you will then it leads me to believe that there are more singular cells like ours and at some point someone's got to be overseeing all of it yeah so pine's laptop doesn't spell it all out exactly but in the same way that whoever's doing this sure is acting like they're a big organization you kind of parse together that's also what delta green does you make a pretty educated guess that like maybe there's a hundred maybe 200 active delta green agents total Mm -hmm. and if you look at the two things side by side, they're playing from the same playbook. Like whatever this entity or kind of organization's doing really in its own twisted way is mirroring how Delta Green's about its business. It really is almost in a very bizarre way replicating how Delta Green goes about stuff. It sells, it's kind of very isolated moments. It's despite the fact that people are dying, it is kind of covert tragic kind of ridiculous deaths but when it seems to be this thing involved it's not a big deal which then makes the whole event in vermont seem especially strange because that was a big deal but also it wasn't 
you're figuring out it's not that wasn't the entity that was the entity using a situation beneficial to itself if that makes any sense yeah we do recall that he said that he used to do work for delta green a while back who said the dude on the monitor was it he used to work with folks on delta green or delta green really fucked him over i think he was a friendly i think he was a friendly for delta green yeah, you remember him saying that he was a friendly for Delta Green. I don't know if he was an agent per se, but... Uh. So if a friendly for Delta Green is suddenly aware of it, or how in the world they even found out about it... I mean, remember, he's old. He's really old. I can't remember exactly how old he said. It was just implied. Yeah, we didn't get an actual age, just that they were oddly intimate with workings of Delta Green, which leads me to believe they were either friendly or were dealing with somebody who was higher up potentially on the chain in Delta Green because they know how we operate. I mean, honestly, at this point, he, he was saying that, you know, he, he stopped working with Delta Green because he realized that, you know, the stuff that we do could benefit humanity, which is a bunch of bullshit. I don't know, a dude with this kind of ego, it seems like he was just spurred by Delta Green, so he decided to go off on his own, and now he's throwing a big tantrum. Or who was trained by somebody who was part of Delta Green and then kind of defected and made their own kind of sect. I mean, come on, I'm part of, I used to be part of T-Cell. That within itself is almost like, you know, a little subdivision of the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing about Delta Green, right? Every cell is unique in the fact that we operate how we decide to operate. Yeah, but there's a general hierarchy for all of this, though. Like, That's true. What if this guy was a handler and they didn't like the way he was being a handler, if you will? Because, I mean, you've got different subgroups. Yeah, sure. But they all kind of confined to certain rules of Delta Green. Maybe this guy was not in line with the quote unquote vision of Delta Green and was uh, excommunicado. Yeah. Would make sense. He knows how we operate. He's got an intimate understanding of Delta Green as a whole. Knows how to infiltrate in. Found Pine. See if she can get us old personnel files. Uh, Fund alert back when there were cowboys. Like they were talking about. Maybe even friendlies if they have files on them. Does Pine have like a list of friendlies on her laptop? She does. Doesn't go back before 2001 though. We need to go further back than that. Any in Philadelphia that we can print out and potentially use? Uh, a few actually. Most of them are old though. I know that we're going to be here for a while, so I was going to ask, you know, now that how you make those bolts and everything, I wanted to see if the two of you could give me some pointers with shooting and go practice shooting, fighting. I, I feel like it would be good to at least sharpen up before all this. You got a range here we can uh, practice in? Knowing T-cell, probably. Maybe not a range in here, but somewhere we could go. This place is basically soundproofed. I'm pretty sure we could just pick an empty hallway. I mean... Come on, look at it. It's just concrete walls, basically. Yeah, I'll go grab some. hallway, but there are people here. We'll let them know. We could just grab some of that weird Egyptian shit that Trost just has lying around. Egyptian shit? Yeah, so there's like this pile of Egyptian shit, like broken Egyptian shit. I broke it even more when I you know, went off to have my hissy fit earlier, but like, I don't know. Egyptian shit. Naira Lethetop. Yeah, I... I have no idea how y'all just keep throwing his name around. Last time that happened, like, you got the heebie-jeebies and homeboy just got, uh, homeboy got possessed, so keeping that name out of my mouth. 
not Voldemort. Like it's just it's a it's a it's a name. Like look, man, Dyer Lothrotep, whatever the hell his name is, it's just a name. Like usually it's just a name. I almost got killed by a spooky house. Like I I'm just gonna have my reserves when I need to. I mean, Florence has got the Matrix in a rock. Hey, leave my rock alone, okay? All I'm saying is, weird shit happens. I'm gonna choose which weird shit I'm gonna dip into. I mean, I haven't forgotten about that stupid-ass apron. Look, Naralothotep has had multiple opportunities to kill me and an opportunity to kill you, but from what I've gathered, that's not that's not his agenda. I think his agenda is just to mess with people and have fun doing it. And if people die in the process, people die. So let's go ask one of these T-cell members if they've got a sparring room or something. All right. So you've sent out more kind of work for the various people handling all this stuff for you. You have someone trying to track down some people for you in Philly you can use. You have some people out there trying to kind of track down more information about Philadelphia that you can use, some friendlies. Seems to be where you're going, most likely, based on everything you've found so far. And just, you know, where the deaths have been. We've been kind of glossing over the time, how this has all happened. This has like happened over the span of probably like a week, maybe two, just given the nature of the secrecy. When the agents have moments of downtime, for lack of a better phrase, there's probably no real downtime in this. How's everyone spending it? Like, you do have this kind of, admittedly, kind of cool covert spy bunker to be around in, despite that it's, well, not well-functioning or furnished. What have people kind of gotten up to when they're not sleeping and researching and Pouring over what you have evidence-wise. The news of Firestarter's kind of mediocrity is weighing heavy on him, specifically because it's one of those things where after learning more about Agent Faustus and after learning about his position with F. Cell and how he's not even like a top ranking, not even like the top 60% or whatever the heck, Agent of F. Cell, I think uh, Firestarter's having a really weird anxiety uh, regarding to it, kind of diving more and more into his alcoholism, trying to like ditch it, but kind of relapsing or whatever the heck. He's kind of got the stupid idea of, hey, let me see if I can at least get some exercise or something and swim some laps in the flooded portion of this bunker. Yeah, uh, swimming laps in the flooded portion that used to maintain like the generator for a bunker. That's a that's a decision a sound mind makes, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Firestarter is fire smarter. <laughs> makes sense. Making an educated decision here. Ah, makes a lot of sense. So let's play this out some. So you're kind of down there doing your daily laps. It's not a ton of space, but still swimming, I guess. The water's not good. Agent Tranche has gone through the effort of chlorining it enough so it's not like growing things, but it is that kind of ever so nasty not well-maintained pool effect going on. Any kind of specific thoughts you're going back and forth or just trying to push all that stuff out of your mind and keep in shape and keep going through all this? First and foremost, I would imagine he's not even like at peak um, coherency just because he's probably had like a breakfast beer or like a breakfast cocktail at this sure. point. So he's drowning his emotions while at the same time trying not to drown physically. He's also a firefighter, so it's one of those, I don't think that he really has a solid kind of swim habit, so this is all kind of new to him. Immediate thoughts are just kind of like, what would Faustus do, or what would Faustus be doing at this time? Sure. Makes sense. So as you're kind of swimming back, uh, give me a sand check. Here we fucking go. Let's go. 
Failure, 41 out of 30%. All right, so it's just one point of sand damage off this, and your cast went back and forth, and you swear you see something shiny at the bottom of the pool. Haven't seen it before, though. You see something shiny at the bottom of kind of this hallway, for lack of a better phrase. You've never seen something shiny down there before, and it's really shiny all of a sudden. Like, doesn't make sense, because again, it's not a well-lit bunker. It's like It's almost like it's own lighting going on or something like that. This, I think, would startle Firestarter, and he'd try to swim out as soon as he can. And upon just kind of leaving the pool, he just kind of crawls out of it or kind of huddles up into a corner and tries to calm himself down. I'm thinking maybe this is just a alcohol hallucination or he's realizing the depth of the stupid decision that he's made down in this bunker. It could be a pouch check. Here we go. 84 out of 50% failure. Yeah, you're on the banks of this kind of weird flooded hallway. You're kind of up the stairs. You're not in the water. And there's a magnetism going on between you and this strange, shiny object. So after a few minutes, maybe you kind of, maybe the fear subsides. You kind of slip back into the water and give me a swim check. (laughs) Uh, 53 out of 20% failure. So again, you're kind of weirdly drawn to this just item at the bottom of the pool. And you dive down and you reach out and your hand closes around the handle of an ice cream scoop. Unfortunately, you're not a strong swimmer, so you're down there for a little bit too long. You do manage to make it up to the surface. You're kind of coughing and gasping and it comes up to the surface. You've got this beautifully shiny, immaculately polished ice cream scoop. What do you do? I'm going to pocket this more than likely. Is it like telling me to keep it or am I because my my you just feel strangely drawn to it? You risk drowning after all to get it. I'm going to head back to the common areas where like we all kind of gather and everything else with that because it's like I think Firestart at this point is thinking, hey, this is kind of neat. Guys, look what I found. I found this cool thing at the bottom of the flooded basement. That makes a lot of sense. So do you kind of just like drop this on the table and say, hey, guys, I found this in the makeshift pool downstairs or what i want y'all to picture a scene of just everyone working or whatever the heck whatever y'all doing and in strolls fire starter in just his briefs holding an ice cream scoop sopping wet as i kind of just walk up and it's like hey guys i found something kind of cool it was at the bottom of the flooded basement and i i like you can see me just holding this ice cream scoop i'm not referring it to it as an ice cream scoop i'm just super entranced by it as I'm just dripping water everywhere. Yeah, Foxtrot, Florence, what are your medicine skills? 56. It's zero. (laughs) All right. So both of you see Agent Firestarter kind of emerge from the lower level, stopping wet, just kind of looking like a drowned rat and then some. So Agent Foxtrot looks like he's holding up like a club of some kind or like just kind of a weird kind of off-color pale stick of some kind. Agent Flores immediately recognizes that Agent Firestarter is holding a human femur. Uh, you okay, buddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a refrigerator? Is food easily accessible? Basic amenities, yeah. Basic amenities? Yeah, I'm going to start, like, walking towards the fridge, holding the object in my hand. Sure. And I'm going to start digging through the freezer, looking for some ice cream. You find it pretty quickly. Are you two following him at this point or no? Yeah. I'm watching him, but I'm also looking over. So I want to run. I don't know if it's human int 
get an idea if Florence is disturbed by what he's holding and her reaction to it, or if it's just, I, or if I shouldn't be concerned. That's more of a Florence question, I guess, at that point. Like, Florence, are you visibly showing concern at this point, or are you trying to kind of keep it down and see what happens? I mean, the moment that fire, yeah, at first she seems like, you know, she's just staring at him like, okay, you're weird, you brought this thing in. But the moment yeah. he turns around, she looks to John and, like, as she stands up, motions to, come on, let's follow him. Okay. So, Firestarter thinks he pulls out a container of, like, Blue Bunny, Blue Bell, Super Churn oh, no. ice cream of some kind out of the freezer. You two see him pull what looks like just a cardboard container full of mold and frostbite and just kind of filth that was crammed all the way in the back and potentially forgotten for 20 or 30 years. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, I, I, I was doing some laps down in the, in the thing. And I found this at the bottom of the, um, found this at the bottom of the, the little swimming pool. Yeah. Down there. Ah, uh, man, it must've been, I must've been really just pushing myself because I'm really hungry. Hold on, hold on. Fire starter. I just start scooping out ice cream into my mouth. I run quickly before he could put it in his mouth and smack the items out of his, like, hands, basically. All right. So you're a little bit out of it enough. You managed to successfully do that and kind of, it clatters across the ground. But in, like, the moment it leaves your hand, you realize it's bone. Like, the, the whole kind of spell is broken the moment the ice cream scoop leaves your hand. And you kind of see that you have this bone dipped in just awful and you're holding this box that for all measures might be alive legally at this point. I am just looking at the femur on the ground. What happened to the ice cream scoop that I was holding? While he's doing that, since I'm close enough, I want to kind of look. I basically signal him to look at me in the eyes and see if I notice that like either he's maybe in a trance or if like he looks normal or if something's up as far as like what he looks like. He looks as fine as Firestarter ever looks, I guess, is the way of thinking of it. You're no kind of analytical mastermind or no trained professional in that area, but mm -hmm. he looks, for lack of a better phrase, normal in this moment. Situation notwithstanding. Okay. So I, I look at him like, what did you think you had? I, I thought I had a spoon or an, an ice cream scoop. I was going to eat some ice cream. You thought you had what? Oh, God. Florence, am I going to be okay? I thought I was, I thought I was eating ice cream. Look, none of us are going to be okay, but you just need to focus up, all right? Okay, all right. Because if you're not focused, we're going to be less than okay by the end of this. Less than not okay. Okay. So focus up. I don't know why you think that we'd have fucking ice cream down here, but I'm just going to drop the cardboard thing that I'm holding. I smacked them out of your hands. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So I'm just going to head over to the table and just kind of sit down and just breathe and assess my personal situation. All right. Is there a trash can or some sort of area I can dump the uh, that moldy carton? Oh, yeah, no, that's easy enough to dispose of now. Yeah. All right. So I'll dispose of that. And the bone, I guess now I realize it's a bone. I kind of look at it and I point to Lawrence and say, what do you want to do about that? Just put it back where he found it. And I look, I'm not touching that fucking thing. Probably a haunted bone. Hell no. She puts on some gloves and grabs it and throws it in the trash. Yeah, nothing happens. Just normal bone at that point. Yeah, it's just a suspiciously clean bone. But yeah, no, no, no weirdness ensues. 
All right, we done here? We've got work to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get dressed. I'm gonna dry off and get dressed. That's a good idea. I leave the room and come back, just kind of hair still wet, but dry, dressed, ready to go. Do you want me to start on anything or any kind of? I, I'm gonna let you take the rain and rain on this one. Um, why don't you just start on maintenance on our weapons? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's something I could do. Absolutely, hell yeah. Thank you. Yep. And if you need something, just come find me. Cool. Fire sort of goes to clean the guns. Normal enough for activity for him. That makes sense. Kind of doing maintenance. Foxtrot, what are you kind of doing in between when you guys can do research and all that stuff? Like, what's your little scene like this, if you will, of the mundane points between the hard Delta Green work? Well, it's hard for me to really focus considering uh, I have paranoia. So I, if I do have moments of dozing off, I do kind of, it's one of those sleep with one eye open scenarios where I'm constantly kind of on alert. So there's that. In between, I'm also just kind of looking around where we are because, you know, considering that happened with Fire Shutter, I am very paranoid that there is something very off about this place. Well, so given Agent Tranche's uh, predilection for pharmaceutical grade everything at this point, would you maybe like take um, sleep aids or something to help kind of force yourself to sleep to kind of make sure you're getting adequate sleeping time? I may, but I haven't yet. All right. How long have we been here at this location? It's you're having a hard time telling, like, we'll say about a week or so passes between kind of agent Firestarters incident and we're picking up with you. Maybe not a full week, maybe like kind of four or five days type of thing. This is meant to be that long. Okay. Then I have at some point taken meds because a week trying to stay up like that it would literally drive me insane. OK, cool. That, that's perfect then. So, yeah. So one night you're kind of taking your nightly dose up, you go to sleep and. You think you wake up, but you don't actually. You kind of your eyes whip open, and the perspective's off. Like your vision's a little bit different. Like it's almost like your eyes are in a different location on your face or something. And you're staring at the backside of just like ten, twenty, thirty cows, all just kind of slowly being funneled into this kind of metal gate. You appear to be standing on some dirt of some kind. There's kind of people yelling all around you in a language you unrecognize. It's like loud it's angry you feel actually uh the right role for this give me a pow check 23 out of 55 success you feel scared but it doesn't overcome you type thing you're kind of keeping your head down makes sense like you just keep going forward nothing bad can happen slowly the kind of path you're on narrows down to you're amongst all these cows that's weird but you're slowly kind of being funneled down to a single file line of some kind the area you're in is getting darker and louder and more people are yelling and give me an alertness check. 57 out of 72 success. Off in the distance, you can kind of hear sounds and the voices of your brethren just screaming in sudden fear and pain of some kind. It's not in words. It's more just kind of uh, you're picking up on what the sounds these cows are making somehow. And again, you're kind of forced further and further into the dark and eventually there's no light around you and it just kind of almost like on weird platforms and scaffolding around you. There are these weird leering monkey creatures with no hair on them. They kind of way too into this and dejectively bored of this. Give me a sand check. 28 out of 31 success. All right. So you kind of get led into this very small boxy room of by one of the monkeys and it kind of puts a metal thing up to your head and then your eyes whip open again. And you're awake. Okay. So do I wake up like 
just like shook it up a little bit or is it like a violent wake up i would say you violently wake up okay so uh obviously i'm gonna violently wake up jerk like upward scream unholster my gun and just kind of scan quickly where i'm at yeah nothing around you just you're alone in your kind of makeshift room so i guess now that i've like looked around for a second and i've collected my thoughts realizing that i'm not down this weird cow path but i'm in this uh room am i by my you said i'm by myself i assumed you'd be sleeping by yourself but you could all be sleeping in the same room i don't know never really established sleeping conditions for everyone okay well if i'm by myself the first thing i'm going to do is go find the rest of the group all right and of course holster my gun back in there's a chance the other rest of the group even heard you kind of screaming, and you're the only people down here. Not a lot of other sounds going on. Yeah, did we hear the scream? Yeah, probably. I think, like, as you get out into the hallway, you see Florence is, like, running. Her hair's all messed up like she's just gotten up, but she's got a shotgun in her hands. So I will put my hands up, and I will look towards her, and I will say, my name's Javier Cortez. I go by John and Foxtrot. It's me. You okay? I think so. I had a really bad nightmare just now. Okay. This whole time keeping my hands up. Do we want to do a shared barracks situation from now on, or is that going to make it worse for you? I'd say we can probably keep tabs on each other like that, but I will say the first thing I did when I woke up is literally unholster my gun and look around. So, uh, yeah. Right. I think we should probably stay relatively close to each other at this point. All right. Let's go set up a communal sleeping space then. I take a deep breath and then I put my hands down and I follow Florence's lead. Firestarter, what's your reaction to all of this? Firestarter didn't really say very much and couldn't really say very much because he's just kind of drunk, awake, and still just trying to wake up and kind of be aware of what's going on. I think Firestarter is just kind of behind Florence with that and he just kind of grunts in approval just because. He realizes he's kind of losing it, too. But at the same time, he was feeling kind of like, oh, shit, I'm drunk and I can't help and I can't do anything. So he's feeling even more worse about himself. Sure. Do you want to go back and check Foxtrot's room? I think Florence will just peek her head in. Yeah. Actually, give me a search on this one. I'll even give you a plus 20 for this search. Five out of a modified 76 success. Damn. You look around, you don't see anything, and then for some reason you look up, and directly above where Agent Foxtrot was sleeping, you see kind of slowly maybe seeping into the stone of the building, maybe just kind of, maybe it wasn't even there, maybe you envisioned it, just the words cattle to the slaughter, slowly kind of soaking into the cement of the building. Give me a sand check. Yeah, that's fair. 80 out of 76 fail. All right, give me 1d4. Four. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to project this on the Offload some of that sand damage? I am. All right. Offload one. Onto who? Uh, I think I'm going to offload it onto John. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it was my curse, I guess. As she's, like, looking up at this and closing the door and thinking to herself, well, he can't ever go back in here. And how the hell are we going to do this with fire starter who can barely stand up because he's drunk all the time and john who has this going on oh she's not confident all right yeah i'll do it for that so a few days later florence what are we gonna do for your kind of little while things are processing scene i think florence is gonna 
with her uh her rock just just kind of kind of hang out with it you know sure how do you hang out with the rock I mean, she kind of talks at it because she's realized that it, it at least can somewhat understand what she wants. Sure. And she's just trying to get a feel for, like, what that looks like and its reactions to certain things. She'll just talk to it like it's something you vent to. All right, so you're doing this in kind of the room, uh, in your in your room, like being in some kind of little office you set up for yourself. You're just kind of doing it in the common area. Where are you doing this? It's probably in, like, a little office that she has set up. But she probably does it while she's, like, scrolling through Pine's laptop. Sure. Yeah, so you're kind of working away at one point, and maybe you turn around to kind of talk to The Rock about something or see if it has an opinion about something. And you turn around, you're not in your office anymore. Your chair is still there. The desk you were sitting at is still there. You're kind of standing on a beach that goes on forever. Like, it's just... The ocean's just a little bit outside of kind of your ability to see it. You can hear it, you can smell it, and there's just a picnic table sitting there. And on one side off to your right, there's a large rock. Kind of directly across from you, there's a slightly too tall, like eight foot, nine foot, jet black skinned man with kind of almost glowing red or white eyes sitting there, kind of fingers crossed, waiting for you to acknowledge that he's there. And then off to your left, in kind of the fourth seat that would be at the table, there's this shadowy kind of almost worm-like figure not not the character's not the character is a worm but kind of it's looking at it you can't see any details almost like it's just a slow shifting mass of worms or tentacles sitting there at the table all around just kind of a tea set the dark figure that she's seeing i think it was off to her right right um directly across the table right it's a there's an empty seat for you directly across this four-sided table the rocks to your right this kind of Distorted figures off to your left, and the tall human figure is directly across. Does the tall human figure look familiar? Feel familiar? Lawrence knows who this is. She, like, looks at him for a moment in the chair and sighs and takes a seat. I have nods at you. We meet again, Doctor. This is what, our second meeting? There will probably not be a third. Um, I mean, technically it's our third, right? You're right. My third. Your second. Oh, that's concerning. A deal was struck. Don't worry. I'll try. Seems like we're in the end game of everything now. I have nods at this, like smiles. We are indeed in the end game. The end game to end end game. The end of a story and the beginning of, well, so much more. Tea? What kind? Kind of smiles a little too widely at this. The teeth are just a little bit too white. The only type of tea I drink. Sure. I reaches up, picks up the tea kettle, pours liquid into a cup, hands it over to you. Do you look in the cup? Um, no. She's just looking at him while holding the cup. I have nods at this, smiles a little bit. Go on, drink it. It's not dangerous this time. There's slight hesitation, but there's a sigh where she resigns herself to this and, and will drink it. All right, so you drink it, and it tastes like what you would imagine outer space tastes like. Give me a sand check. Ooh, spooky. A 94 fail. All right, so 1d6 sand for this. Well, you know what's happening again. I'm going to project this again. Yep. You know, I'm I'm going to break my bond with my professor. All right, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
because I feel like I just drank space, and yeah. that's clearly not fucking possible. Yeah. But here we are. Indeed. Does it taste good? I don't know. What, what does Florence think tasting the essence of existence would taste like? Is, is that a pleasant experience? Is that a, it's cold um, probably and hot at the same time? Knowing her, like, her want to pursue knowledge and preserve things and everything, I think that she actually, like, she doesn't show it, but I think that she enjoys it. Yeah. You sip the cup and you're back again, standing in your makeshift office, holding this cup, and the elder sign in your hand is just burning. A switch hands. Yep. The teacup's there, it's empty. You rolled what for the sand damage? It was two for the sand damage. All right, so you're going to gain eight unnatural from this. Oh, no. all right. Oh my God. <laughs> 31 uh, unnatural, let's go. Damn. Man, imagine a max roll on that. Yeah, you're just back in your office. You're sitting there. Do you look at the elder sign in your hand? Yeah. All right, so you're looking at it, and you realize that you're not sure you know what the Elder Sign looks like. For one second, it looks like a star design. For one second, it looks like a leaf or a tree of some kind. And as you just kind of start, it flickers back and forth between the two. Your ink on your hand's not changing, but you're realizing that you're not sure you know what the Elder Sign looks like. You're not sure you understand how any of this works, but you're realizing that your perception of it all was just very limited previously. Like, Oh, no. There's so much more out there you could learn. One step at a time. One step at a time. Also, we described the rock previously as being like an inch or so tall at max. It's about a foot tall now, just kind of sitting where it was previously. It's grown about a foot tall. It's about six inches wide now, give or take. Damn. I'm going to have a hard time fitting you in my pocket now. We'll figure it out. You're not sure where you hear it from, but you hear, yes, we will. Comforting. So after all this transpires, you get some information back from those that are doing the research for you, and they have a contact in Philadelphia that might be the right person. He says he has some information for you. It's a couple pictures attached with this information that basically show it's not quite the image you saw on the screen in Agent Francis' house, but it's similar. Like It's a more stylized, almost like graffiti tag style version of it, sprayed on a couple doors some building sides across kind of various parts of Philadelphia and taking some pictures of that. And it is from private investigator Garrett Weathers, who is a native of Philadelphia. He says he can help you out with this. He can tell you where these were taken, but you have to help him out with something first. Specify what he's requesting. Does not. What do you think? Either of you? I mean, this is how we get friendlies, isn't it? Scratch their back, they scratch ours. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, if anything, it's a lead, and this is the first lead we've had in, what, two weeks, three weeks since we've been here? Yeah. Any reason to get out of here, even for a little? Hopefully we can get out of here forever. We do this, so let's go do it. Please and thank you. I want to use a shower that's not intrinsically, I don't know, man, like the water here just freaks me out now. Don't forget to bring your earplugs and noise-canceling earmuffs. We don't really want to listen to whatever that rave is going to throw at us. Oh, yeah. <sighs> we still love raves. <laughs>